Well, I appreciate very much what Brother McNeil had to say and, and the humble spirit in which he presented that to us. And, um, you know, I loved his comments on the, the top 100 billboard charts. I would, I would go as far as to say, Brother McNeil, there is nothing edifying on the top 100. I don't know what's out there. <laughs> uh, I may have heard some of them, but I can pretty much guarantee you, you're not going to leave listening to that saying, praise God and praise Jesus. Um, I recently conducted an interview with Brother Harold Hunt that we put on the internet, and um, many of y'all probably know Brother Harold. He's been a faithful Primitive Baptist minister for many years, and he, he said he gets up at 4 o'clock every morning to begin reading his Bible. And, he, and he, we talked about the process in which he, he reads his Bible, and he said, many people ask me, how can you get up so early to read, my, to read your Bible? And he said, well, you got to go to bed early to get up early. And he said, I miss all the Academy Awards. <laughs> I miss the Grammys. He said, but I've come to the conclusion that I'm not missing much. And that is so true. And last week we tried to speak from, from Psalm 18 where David said, as for God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is tried. He is a buckler to all those that trust in him. And I tried to compare and contrast at a high level uh, man's way or the way that the world will say that you achieve things and the way that God says that we achieve things. If you'll remember, uh, it's the proverb that said, there is a way that seems right unto man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Well, um, that's true. There are a lot of ways that seem good, but they end up in death. And I didn't, I didn't intend to speak on this, but Brother McNeil stirred my mind. In Matthew chapter 5, you see that the disciples come before Jesus in that very first verse, and he begins to teach them. And I'll say this again, you've heard me say it before. The Sermon on the Mount is a sermon on discipleship, on how we are to follow Jesus Christ. It's not about how we become children of Jesus Christ, but it is as children of Jesus Christ, this is how you should live. And he begins to talk about blessedness, or really, we could say this way, happiness. You know, the pursuit of happiness is something that all Americans uh, hold in high regard, right? That we believe that we were... We can pursue happiness freely. Um, but you know what happiness is? Man will give you a definition for what happiness is. And then there's a definition that God gives you of what happiness is. And I will say this. Generally, what man promotes is ways that will make you happy or the things that you can accumulate to be happy will end up in death, destruction, and despair. We see a society today that is pursuing happiness man's way, and we have, more, um, we have more dysfunctional families and dysfunctional people than we've probably ever had because they're pursuing happiness man's way and not God's way. And he told his disciples, he said this, he said, blessed, or let's, let's just use that as happy, blessed are the poor in spirit, that blessed are the humble people. That's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a way we could say that. Blessed are the people that are humble. Blessed are the people that present things in the way that Brother McNeil just did that. Blessed are the people that, and you know what being humble is or being poor in spirit is actually realizing who you really are. Not presenting yourself as something you're not or convincing yourself that you're really something special. Now what would man say? Just believe in yourself. You've got it all together. You can do this. <laughs> you're so great. Well, Jesus says, happy are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Notice he says they are currently possessing that kingdom. 
Then he says in verse 4, he says, Blessed are they that mourn. <laughs> you know, if we got in here today, and we can all admit that we're sinners, right? Don't raise your hand. But we, we all can mourn over the fact that we have transgressed the law of God. Well, in man's version of way of doing things, they would say that is not good for your mental health to think that you have missed some kind of mark that, that somebody has set for you. It's a standard that some God has set for you. That's not good for your mental health. <laughs> well, here he says, Blessed are they that mourn, that mourn over their sinful condition, for they shall be comforted. And if you don't, but if you if if you're not of a contrite heart and a repentant heart over the sins that you've committed and do commit and will commit, I can say this: you will never be comforted by the gospel of Jesus Christ. The gospel is for those who mourn over their sinful condition. And he says, "This blessed are the meek." Now, the world would say meekness is not something that they teach you. Let's say you're. Uh, let's say let's say you're you're wanting to be famous in our society, and I don't know if there's schools that teach you how to be famous. I'm sure there are YouTube courses that teach you how to be famous in this society, and I doubt there's any that says today's module is on meekness, because people see meekness as weakness in our society. But I'm going to tell you that Jesus Christ was meek and lowly. What meekness is is power under control. And Jesus had his power under control, but he had all power. But he came in a meek way. And, he, and, and Jesus is saying, if you want to be happy, then we must be meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. These are people that have a spiritual passion to follow God. Ultimately, what is righteousness? It is God and his ways, Right? And he says, here, if you want to be happy, then you must, you must have a spiritual passion to follow righteousness. Blessed are they that are, blessed are the merciful. You know, society understands an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, right? That's the way of man. Like, we understand getting our revenge. Man understands that. Society doesn't understand being merciful and not giving people what they deserve. And you know, the key, I believe, to a happy marriage, a happy relationship, and a happy church is being full of mercy. Because guess what? There's going to be brothers and sisters in here that are going to offend you. They're going to say something that they didn't think about that offends you. They're going to do something that offends you. And they may never know it. They may never come in and even ask for forgiveness because they may not, a lot of times... You offend people not even knowing you've offended them, right? You know the best way to get over that is just to be merciful. Now the world would say mercy, you're never going to get ahead being merciful to everybody. Well, he says, blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. This is the one that Brother McNeil talked about. Blessed are the pure in heart. I'm going to tell you, we are distracted on every end, aren't we? The Apostle Paul would say in the book of Romans that we're not to be conformed to the image of this world. But we're, we're, to, we're, to, we're to reform our we're to renew our mind. That is to, that, that is to reform our minds. How many of y'all, how many of y'all every day see things that you wish I just wouldn't, I just wish I wouldn't have seen that? 
You can't drive down the road without being bombarded with impure images on billboards. We are living in Sodom and Gomorrah. I think it's been attributed to Billy Graham and, and, and others, but, but I don't know exactly who said it. They said if God doesn't destroy America, he's going to have to apologize to Sodom and Gomorrah. It's hard to live a pure life in America in 2021. It is obvious that things are worse than they were before. In this phone right here, you can find the worst things in the world at the touch of your fingertip. And I'm going to say this. If you give in to that, you will not see God. He said, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. And so maybe it's a good indicator to us if, we don't, if, we, if we're not seeing God in our life, maybe we need to check ourselves and say, what, what are we focusing on? Because I can guarantee you this, if you spend time in His Word, you spend time in prayer, you spend time in fellowship, and you spend time in His church, you will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers. Notice he doesn't even say the peacekeepers. It's a lot easier to keep peace than it is to make peace. It takes a lot of effort to make peace. He says, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. It's easy to argue in 2021 in America, isn't it? We have social media platforms made for that. <laughs> Just to fuss and bicker with each other. But the way of happiness is by keeping peace or making peace. Blessed are they, now listen to this, blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake. Surely man's way would say, you are not going to be happy. You are not going to be happy. People are not going to invite you to the party <laughs> if you hold those views. People are not going to like you if you go to that old church. People are going to persecute you for trying to follow what God says to do. Well, Jesus says you're happy if you're, if you're persecuted for righteousness' sake. For theirs is the kingdom of God. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you. And listen to this. And shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my name's sake. I'm going to tell you, if you follow the ways of God, you're going to be called some mean names. <laughs> Who cares? Who cares, right? I said yesterday, I, was, I preached yesterday at Bethlehem and I tried to preach on the uh, living in Babylon and the, the three Hebrew boys and Daniel who came into Babylon. One of the first things they did was change their name. See, because society wants to label you something you're not when you try to follow God. And they'll call you backwards. They'll call you prejudiced. They'll call you hypocrite. Here's one. They'll call you anti-science. That's a new big one. And listen, I can't say that word. I do not care. <laughs> Someone that can't tell the difference between a boy and a girl wants to call me anti-science. I don't care. What about y'all? I trust the science on that. <laughs> They're going to speak evil of you. Listen to, what, listen to what Jesus says. When all these things are happening to you, He says, rejoice and be exceedingly glad. He says, you can be happy throughout all that, for great is your reward in heaven. He's saying, take your eyes off everything that's focused, that you're focusing on here and look to something better than this world. For so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. And so I want to I say this as we look at, at verse 12. 
Uh, brothers and sisters, we are not in this alone. As we try to follow God's way and reject man's way, and by the way, there are millions and billions of ways that we could put into the category of man's way. And there's one way over here. That's what's simple. If it doesn't align with the Word of God, then you can say it's over here in man's way and not in God's way. But it's going to be really hard as we try to enter into that path. We talked about Jesus saying that you're going to be met with much resistance as you try to go God's way. But the, the thing that I want, to, I want to finish up with talking about today is that we don't have to do it alone. If you're met with resistance on this, so were the prophets. So were the, so were the saints of the Old Testament that tried to follow God's way. They were all met with resistance. And if you're being met with resistance, you're in good company. You're not alone. And if we're going to try to go God's way, I'm going to say this. It is our duty as, as baptized believers in this church today to help each other along that way. It is our duty. You can go through the book of um, Acts, and there's many ways. I believe it's in Acts chapter 9. We won't read them all, but, but you know what? Paul, had, he had letters in his hands. He was breathing out threatenings and slaughters to go persecute people that followed that way. There was a way then that people were trying to follow. I believe it's later, maybe in the 24th book of Acts or one of those, he says, he says, after the way you call heresy, that's the way that I worship. Paul was changed and he started following that way. Thomas said, Lord, it was in John chapter 14, he said, Lord, how do we know the way? You know what Jesus said? I am the way. See, we're not just following a set of dead orthodoxy we're following a, a person who's alive and seated at the right hand of god right now jesus christ he is god's way do you understand that today we are following jesus christ we're not following we're not following old doctrines that my granddaddy or great granddaddy believed we're not following some teachings that that, that people have established over years and years we're following the way that was given by jesus christ himself who is the way. And you're going to be met with much resistance. You're going to be met with persecution. You're going to be met with, with name calling. Jesus himself said that. If you're going to follow me, this is what you're going to have. And so, listen to this. God's people need God's people. The worst part, I don't know if it's the worst part, but one of, one of the worst parts about what has happened across the world over the last years that God's people were separated from God's people. And I don't want to make light of, of the, the death and everything that's taken place, but God's people need God's people. I can tell you this, that Satan rejoiced when we shut the churches down in America. Because he knows he can't get us. He knows we're kept by the power of God. But he's after us to draw us away from God. Because people need people. I wrote this down. This is, um, this is the church covenant for this church. It says, on this 18th day of April, 1981, we Primitive Baptist members of the Vestavia Primitive Baptist Church met and entered into the following covenant. This is a promise that, that our forefathers at this church entered into. For as much as Almighty God, by His grace, has been pleased, as we hope, to call us out of darkness into this marvelous light. And we all have been regularly baptized upon profession of faith in Christ Jesus and having given ourselves to the Lord and to each other in a gospel church way to be governed and guided by the proper discipline, agreeable 
as we believe to the word of God, we do therefore in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by his assistance covenant and agree to keep the discipline of the church of which we are members in the most brotherly love and affection towards each other while we endeavor to punctually and punctiliously. Yeah, y'all look that word up later. I don't know what that means. To observe the following rules. In brotherly love, pray for each other. To watch over one another for good. And if need be, in the most tender and affectionate manner, to reprove each other. That is, if we discover anything amiss in a brother or sister, to take the directions given by our Lord in the 18th chapter of Matthew. And I hope we can look at that sometime. And not to be whispering and backbiting. We also agree, if not providentially hindered, to attend our church meeting and especially not to be absent from the communion service without a lawful excuse, and not to neglect the defraying of the expenses of the church, and not to depart from the fellowship of the church without a regular dismission. These things we covenant and agree to observe and keep sacred in the name and by the assistance of God, the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Amen. Um, it is our duty to each other as we try to follow God's way to encourage each other and to be there for each other. If we aren't there for each other, y'all understand this, nobody else is going to, we're going to have to do it on our own, right? Nobody else is going to be there for us. I want to look at the book of Hebrews. And in the book of Hebrews, um, I think we, we get a glimpse into, into exactly what that covenant may have been that we just read. In Hebrews chapter 10, uh, we'll start in verse 23. It says, Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for He is faithful that promised. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. The Apostle Paul, who I believe wrote this book, says, let us hold fast. Let us, let us give all our effort to possess or retain something. The profession, the, the open declaration that we've made, the profession of our faith. You know what our faith is? It is God's way. It is Jesus Christ. It is the teachings of our Lord and Savior and the apostles that He instructed to pin down the doctrines that we follow. And so He's saying you need to... The one thing that you need to grip on with all the tenacity that you can in this life is to hold fast on that profession that you've made. And notice it's a profession. It's an open declaration. It was never meant to be a private faith. Y'all understand that? It was meant to be an open thing that we are people that follow the Lord Jesus Christ. He says, let us hold fast the profession of our faith. And notice this. He doesn't say let us hold fast... Um, let us hold fast our possession. We're possessed by, be, by Jesus Christ. Y'all see that? He says we're to hold fast our profession of Jesus Christ without wavering. Uh, that's that's being, being in doubt or undetermined. And here's, here's the motivation that he gives in that parenthetical statement. He says, for he is faithful that promised. You see, it's a lot easier to be faithful to God when we keep in mind that he is always faithful to us. I'm going to read to you from the book of Lamentations, when, 
when when uh, Jeremiah is lamenting what is going on in Judah, he says, there, there are many bad things that are happening. He says, this I recall to mind, therefore I have hope. It would have been easy for him to give up. But he says, this I recall to mind, therefore I have hope. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. Because His compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great, great, great is Thy faithfulness. Now I can promise you one thing today. You are going to be unfaithful to God from time to time until you die. But I can also promise you this, that He's going to be faithful to you each and every day until the day you die. Isn't that, isn't that wonderful to know? That even though I'm unfaithful, He is yet always faithful. We sang that song this morning, didn't we? Great is Thy faithfulness. He says, you, you're, He's calling them to be faithful. That's what He's saying. Let us hold fast our profession of faith without wavering. What is He basically saying? He's saying, be faithful to what you've professed to believe. He says, here's the motivation to be faithful to that because the one that you profess to believe in is always faithful to you. And we gain, we gain our strength from His faithfulness. He says, and let us consider one another. Let us, let us observe one another. What He's saying there is, let us get to know one another. You know, you can't be a church without knowing each other. There was, a, there was a brother one time, he said, the biggest difference that I found when I came to this church is y'all all up in my business. <laughs> well, how are you going to get to know people? <laughs> now, I don't know how much money you make or what you, you know, I'm not. There's one thing about me. I'll tell you this as I try to pastor you. I don't need to know everything. You let me know what I need to know, okay? <laughs> and I'm here to help. And by the way, I can't know if you need something unless you tell me. I'll let you know that as well. Um, but we need to know each other, right? That's why it's important to be together. One of the, one of the greatest places you can be as a church is together. Brother Tim McCool was the pastor of the church we were at yesterday, and he said, he said you know, the way I look at it, last year we missed 30-something lunches at our church. He said, we're 0 for 30 we got to get back to even and then run up the score. He said, we got to be together. I like that. What y'all doing tonight? <laughs> we need to be together, right? To observe one another. To see. You know what that is? To see one another from time to time. He says that we may observe one another. For the, for the, here's the purpose of that. Not so you can say, did you see what Brother Josh was doing last week? It's, it's, we, we get to know one another for the purpose of provoking one another to inciting one another to do good. He says so that we may provoke unto love, the first thing, and to good works. Love is the, is the royal law that Jesus Christ has given us is to love the brethren, right? That's how people will understand that we're actually following God's way is if they observe us loving one another. Y'all understand that? And to good works. The greatest way that we can glorify God is to do good. Jesus Christ Himself went about doing good. He's the ultimate uh, example of giving glory to God. And He went about doing good. And, they, and, and the Apostle is saying here that we need to get to know each other. Because guess what? I can't provoke Brother Mark to love and good works if I don't know him. There's a thin line between being a good brother in Christ and being a jerk. 
you got you got to put in the effort to know each other, right? And I'm not going to provoke every one of you, and and you're not, and everybody's not going to provoke each other. But we need to have groups of people within this church that we can count on, that we can we can have accountability with. Stephen can't be that for everybody, and I can't be that for everybody. But everybody can have a few that hold each other accountable, that encourage each other. You know, this is not a. I noticed you weren't there this Sunday. <laughs> This is, I want to motivate you to follow God's way. Do y'all see that? And it says, not forsaking. That is abandoning or deserting the assembling of ourselves together. And you know what? That, it's, you would expect the preacher to say, go to church, right? I mean, that's what the preacher lives for. <laughs> Going to church, right? Well, listen, he said, the, this is the apostle, not the preacher. This is the apostle saying, don't forsake the assembling. That is, that is a collection of people. Matter of fact, if you go look that up in a, in a Strong's Concord tonight, it says a complete collection. How many of y'all you, uh, maybe collect things? Maybe it's coins or baseball cards or whatever it may be. You want them all there, Right? You want the whole 1992 top set. You don't want just a few of them. Matter of fact, if you had a collect, if you had a, if you had 90% of a collection and you had the whole collection, I know which one's going to get a lot more money on eBay, don't y'all? You know what God desires that the complete collection be together. And I don't know that we'll ever achieve that, but I pray one Sunday the complete collection is together, singing and praising God. He says, he says, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. Never underestimate the importance of just being together. It's the ministry of presence. Just seeing other brothers and sisters. Every one of you today, I want you to understand this, every one of you today is doing something different than, the, than, than probably most of this world. The, the, more than 50% of this nation today. The majority of this nation today probably did not go, walk into a church building to gather together as the fellowship and the assembly of God to worship God. You're doing something different. It takes effort to do what you're doing, and it does not go unnoticed. First of all, God the Father notices. He notices that we're here today trying to, trying to give Him praise through glorifying His Son who came and redeemed us from all iniquity on the cross of Calvary. He's worthy of our worship, right? If we stayed here till, till next week, He'd be worthy of that, right? I had somebody reach out to me recently about a question about the church, and I'm always excited when somebody reaches out to me as a stranger and didn't know them. You know what the question was? How long are your services? <laughs> I, was, I was so prepared. <laughs> I had my verses ready to go and everything. How long are your services? <laughs> um, what time is it? <laughs> it varies. <laughs> How long are your services? I, um, God is pleased when His people dwell together. He's, he's obviously pleased when we come together and, and sing praises to His name. We're commanded to do that. He's pleased that you would take time out of your day to hear a, a sinner like me, try, a sinner like McNeil, try to bring a message to you from His Word. And you're not here to see me. 
You're not here to see McNeil. You're here to learn from this Word. We're here to, we're here to look into this Word and to see Jesus Christ. Do you all see that? To see God. He is pleased when we do not forsake ourselves. Listen to what he says. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is. He says that's the custom, that's the habit of some people. That is man's way. Man's way is, I'll go next Sunday. Right? Man's way is, I'll start going to church when I get this together or that together. You remember Brother John Melvin talking about the as soon as? As soon as, as soon as they start listening to me up there, I'll start going back. <laughs> as soon as I don't have to work on Sundays, I'll go back. As soon as I, I don't have this going on or we don't have ball practice that afternoon. Or, and I'm going to tell you all right now, you hold me accountable to this. Your children should never, and I, I know there are times, I'm not like never, there are times that things are going to happen. But as a, as a norm, your children and their activities should never be an excuse to miss the collective worship of God. Why? So that more people will be there, preacher? No, because you're teaching your children that there's something more important than the collected worship of God's people. You understand that? They're going to learn by your actions. And, and I believe if there's hope for this nation, it's not probably not in me. And it's probably not in the people that are older than me. It's in the younger generation that's coming up that we need to teach them with all diligence. And it is the manner of some, he says, but exhorting, encouraging, and motivating one another so much more as you see the day approaching. May we, I pray this week that you will take time. You don't have to, I'm going to, Lord willing, unless I'm, what they say, providentially hindered. <laughs> and I doubt that God providentially hinders you very often from going to church. <laughs> I've always wondered about that statement. Unless I'm providentially hindered, I'm going to be here <laughs> next week. And, and I've got to preach, so I'm going to be reading my Bible. <laughs> now, I'm not saying you don't motivate me from time to time, but reach out to somebody else this week. Send them a text. Send them a phone call. Send them an email, a smoke signal, whatever you need to do. That, hey, I love you. I loved seeing you last week. I'm looking forward to seeing you again next week. I'm praying for you. You motivated me. You, you inspired me. Let's motivate each other to follow God's way. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I, I thank You for this day. I thank You for everyone that's come out today. I thank You for this church. I thank You for the, for the blessing it is in my life. And I pray, God, that You would open up doors in this area with our friends and families that others could come in. And I pray that we would be a loving church. I pray that 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 I, I just I just pray that this will be a place of peace and unity and a place where we we just we just shower each other with love. We know that charity covers a multitude of sins, Lord, and may we be charitable people. It is in Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen.